0: You are now listening to Lady Adenham. Kick back and enjoy the ride. When faced with adversities, There is a fight-or-flight response that is triggered within us. Each hardship is unique and does not have a one-size-fits-all solution. As the epinephrine pumps fiercely into the bloodstream, it is up to you on what to do with it. Will you stay and valiantly fight to the very end, or will you talk in your tail and head for the hills? Today we are going to get well acquainted with three forgotten faces of stout-hearted heroes you've never heard about. Now come hither darlings, our journey to uncover the forgotten faces awaits. The Mapuche tribe of southern Chile and Argentina have a long history which dates back to 600-500 BC but during the mid-1500s, the world they once knew would collide with that of the Spanish, erupting into bloodshed that lasted more than 250 years. The Arauco War, as it was called, was kept alive for so long because of one Mapuche warrior. His name was Galvarino, I mean, honey, the name itself just sounds heroic. Uh, Makes my spine tingle. But let's continue, shall we? We don't want to have any happy accidents. So his story begins at the Battle of Lagunillas in south-central Chile on November 8, 1557. The Spanish shed the blood of thousands Mapuche warriors and managed to capture 150 men, with Galvarino in tow. The sadistic governor, Garcia Hurtado de Mendoza, ordered his men to cut off the right hand and nose of every Mapuche warrior. Leaders like Galvarino were mutilated by having both of their hands severed. After his left hand was chopped off, the fearless warrior offered his right, watching the axe fall without diverting his eyes or flinching. Galvarino even requested that his torturers deliver a killing blow, but the twisted sadist refused simply to send the message to other Mapuche leaders in hopes of striking fear into their hearts. But honey, the Spanish would live to regret not killing the fearless warrior. The 150 mutilated warriors were sent back to Mapuche general, Capolican, with the clear message of surrendering or facing annihilation. However. Galvarino told his general to keep fighting, nothing was worth living under Spanish rule. And for his bravery, Galvarino was put in charge of a squadron of men ready to drain the blood of their enemies. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is where it gets interesting. Despite having both hands chopped off, Galvarino had two knives lashed to his stump. And learn to fight without hands while using the knives as weapons. Mm, talk about a panty dropper. Less than a month later, the fearsome warrior and his swarm of 3,000 Mapuche warriors stormed 1,500 Spaniards on November 30th, 1557. Unfortunately, this would be the end of Garvarino and his squadron as they sprung the ambush too quickly instead of waiting as planned. But valiantly, Garfarino never backed down, even being captured a second time. Before being executed, his final words were, I would rather die than live like you, and I'm only sorry that my death will keep me from tearing you to pieces with my teeth. In his honor, The Arauco War would continue nearly 300 years, with the Mapuche continuously resisting colonization by the Spanish. And honey, because of their resistance, the Mapuche's bloodline survived and is still thriving here today. Sugar, if you ask me, Galvarino was the kind of man I would definitely want to have babies with. Oh, but let's move on, darlings, our journey to uncover forgotten faces is not over yet. On April 12, 1861, the bloodiest conflict in the history of North America emerged from the depths of slavery, sectionalism, and secession. 620,000 men lost their lives, and the human cost of the Civil War was beyond anybody's expectations. 179,000 African Americans served as soldiers in the US Army. And our second forgotten face? He was one of them. But darling, he was more than just a handsome soldier. His name was James Monroe Trotter. Honey, with a name like that, he's bound to have a handsome face. And I'm not kidding, he was definitely a looker. His story begins being enslaved from birth. His mother, Letitia, was an enslaved African American woman, and his father, Richard Trotter, was her quote-unquote owner. It's unknown if the relationship was consensual, but because of the dynamic? I don't think so. But I digress. In 1854, they would be freed from the grasp of Richard Trotter as he married another woman, and he sent them to Ohio, There is where the young James would gain an education and develop a deep love for music. Trotter would then go on to teach in schools for African-American children throughout Ohio as he got older, but when the Civil War came knocking, he enlisted, traveling to Boston where he joined the all-black 55th Massachusetts Voluntary Infantry in 1863. He quickly advanced a second lieutenant by April 1864, but because of his diligence and of course being of African-American descent, the white men who fought by his side grew resentful, only revealing themselves to be just like the enemies. Honey they would go as far as refusing to commission him and other African-American men, claiming there was no law authorizing them to be commissioned. Trotter then caused an uproar, calling racism exactly what it was. He fought tirelessly for black troops to receive equal pay as their white counterparts, and eventually it would happen. Despite being wounded in battle at Honey Hill, he continued his teaching, tutoring soldiers in reading and writing, as he recovered. And Honey, right after the war, he went on to achieve more in his life. He became the first African American to be employed by the post office, and later wrote a comprehensive study of music titled Music and Some Highly Musical People that is still used by music students today. But not only that, he was also appointed recorder of deeds in Washington DC by Grover Cleveland. Ooh, talk about being the bee's knees. Honey, his heroism goes beyond his physical abilities, as he was full of knowledge and shared it with those who sought to learn. Compassionate, ambitious, and easy on the eyes. Sounds like a full course meal if you ask me. Oh, but we're not done, honey. We still have one more destination. Oh, and make sure that you bundle up nicely you don't want to get any (laughs) frostbites. On April 10th, 1912, the Titanic set sail on its maiden voyage traveling from Southampton, England to New York City, but it would never reach its destination as the icy cold North Atlantic Ocean would claim the lives of many on April 15th at exactly 2.20am when the massive ship, was swallowed whole, entombed in the ocean's abyss. This tragedy could have been prevented if the lookouts were able to spot the iceberg in time, but it was too late. However, this last forgotten face saved many lives that fatal night, and he paid with his own life. His name was John Jack Phillips, and he was one of the Titanic's wireless operators. And no, darling, he wasn't the inspiration behind the fictional character in the movie. When the Titanic struck the iceberg and began to submerge, it was up to the ship's two junior wireless operators, Harold Bride and John Jack Phillips, to send out distress messages. Bride and Phillips had installed the wireless equipment days earlier before the tragic accident, and both young men had also celebrated Philip's birthday after the ship had set sail. Philip had just turned 25 on April 11th. Oh, but little did he know how crucial his presence would be, not only in history, but in being the only link to the outside world. When the sealed fate of the Titanic became abundantly clear as water ferociously rushed into every hallway and room, it was Philip's valour and braveness that ensured the eventual rescue of over seven hundred survivors. Sadly, the unsung hero would be entombed with the Titanic in the ocean's abyss, and his remains never found. Bride, who survived the sudden death trap, recalled Philip's heroism, expressing how their captain encouraged to abandon their post, But Phillips continued to operate the wireless equipment, even as water consumed the room entirely. Honey, if that isn't the true definition of a protector, I don't know what is. Imagine being 25 and under that amount of pressure, knowing death is looming over you and the fate of others' lives rests in your hands mr phillips was truly a commendable man who makes my soul quiver (laughs) well ladies and gentlemen i hope you enjoyed uncovering these forgotten heroes who deserve the spotlight but were barely even looked over we never know how we will respond when faced with such tribulations but it certainly takes guts to stay and fight to the very end so, what do you think your response would be in a dire situation? If you are listening on YouTube, do comment. I would love to read your responses. And thank you for listening. You can follow my Insta at the Lady of Denim Podcast underscore. You can also follow my main Insta and Twitter at a denim um. Be sure to like and follow my Facebook page at the Lady of Denim Podcast. Mwah. Until next time, darling.